take a long shower, read, or you can talk to a friend if you need to talk to somebody. You could have like a little date even in the house with your partner if you have a partner. And I think that it's really valuable to get that in place in advance as opposed to waiting until the baby's already there to then start looking for a nanny or a babysitter once you are preparing to go back to work. I think it's much more stressful to do that. And why not give yourself the ability to do that if you're able to? Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. So when this episode airs, I just may be holding my little baby boy or definitely will be within a week of holding him. So I think it is perfect timing to talk about the fourth trimester, which is the first three months of your newborn baby's life and let's be honest, your life. Now, this is a part of a pregnancy series that I've been doing since I've been pregnant to just continue educating women about how they can navigate this beautiful terrain with ease and grace particularly around the fourth trimester. I know that things are so taboo and there's a lot of concerns to be taken care of. So I want to make sure that we had this episode so that women can lend to later on, no matter where they are in their pregnancy journey or if they're in their third or fourth trimester. Now, while birth is the end of your pregnancy journey, many medical professionals and experienced parents acknowledge that a new mom's physical and emotional experience is just beginning. Likewise, your newborn is encountering very unfamiliar territory as well. The big wide world they're unwittingly entering into is nothing like the warm and cozy womb they've called home for the last nine to 10 months. Now, the first 12 weeks of life on the other side of pregnancy will be a whirlwind, but you and your baby will navigate this uncharted territory together every single day, pretty much 24-7. So welcome to that new reality, which is the fourth trimester. Now, the fourth trimester is the idea of a transitional period between birth and 12 weeks postpartum, during which your baby is significantly adjusting to the new world and you are adjusting to your baby. While there's often much to be celebrated and there's moments of magic and bliss, it can be physically and mentally draining, not only for both parents, but especially for the mama, and a period of major developmental changes for your baby as they're adjusting to this new world. Now, new motherhood can seem like a long, hazy tunnel, but you'll find your way through it. That I know because I'm holding the vision that I'm going to find my way through it. And at the other side, you will discover yourself again, along with the sweetest little baby in the world. Now, the number one thing that I know for sure is there is no shame in asking for help as a new mama. Goodness knows I'm going to be asking for all kinds of help because this is my first baby. And as many courses as I've taken and books as I've read, I know that there's no way to fully prepare for what's about to come. Now, when it comes to professionals, there are a wealth of knowledge out there to turn to. Breastfeeding specialists or lactating consultants, sleep consultants, pelvic floor specialists, postpartum doulas, and so on. 
But even asking for help can look like asking your mom or your partner or your bestie to just come over and hold the baby while you nap or even just take a shower or go to the bathroom or asking a friend to bring over a pack of diapers or some takeout. And of course, seeking support for postpartum anxiety or depression is critical and can make a huge world of difference. So today I invited my go-to fertility trimester expert and super baby creator and mama of three, so she's done this three times, Dr. Cleopatra, to share her best recommendations on how to navigate the fourth trimester, along with tips for breastfeeding towards the end of our conversation, because let's be honest, probably one of the things that I am most freaked out about is breastfeeding based on all the stories I've heard from friends and colleagues over the years. And I know that many mamas know, just like myself, that breastfeeding can be challenging and discouraging, but also a really wonderful experience, just depending on how it may go for you and your baby. Now, before I bring on this amazing goddess, I would love to sing her praises. Dr. Cleopatra is the fertility strategist and executive director of Fertility and Pregnancy Institute. She's a scientist and university professional specializing in fertility, pregnancy, and how health is transmitted from one generation to the next. She's been cited in over a thousand articles these past five years alone, and she teaches about the trimester. Using scientific-based, big-hearted trimester protocols developed and refined by Dr. Cleopatra for the last 24 years, she can help women reverse reproductive aging, help them get pregnant quicker and easily, reduce miscarriage risk, and finally have the super baby that they've been dreaming for for as long as they could remember. Let's welcome Dr. Cleopatra to the show once again. Before we jump into this powerful conversation, I want to share something that I've been recommending to my besties and the women in my community, and I cannot wait to share with you. One of the biggest issues that come up for us as women is hormone-driven PMS symptoms, including bloating, cramps, stubborn weight gain, and those crazy mood swings that come out of nowhere. And although many of us have accepted this as normal, we do not need to feel this way. Now, I am always personally looking out for simple and effective nutritional remedies to support our hormones and address some of the biggest symptoms women face every single day. So when I was introduced to Harmony, which is this delicious cacao and chocolate-flavored superfood blend that combines adaptogenic herbs like chaseberry, I knew that I needed to try it for myself And here's why. Harmony combines 12 superfood ingredients that not only help address PMS symptoms like bloating, fatigue, and mood swings, but also promotes better balanced hormones like progesterone every single day for improved overall health. Talk about a win-win. Now with less than three grams of sugar per serving, this has literally been my go-to drink for any cravings and energy slumps, especially in the afternoons. And who doesn't need that these days? Now, because I am loving this delicious chocolate superfood blend so much, Organifi is giving me an awesome promo code to share with you so that you can add it to your morning or afternoon routine for more added energy and hormone support. So use the promo code Dr. Marisa and get 15% off of your order at Organifi.com slash Dr. Marisa. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash Dr. Marisa. And the link will also be in the show notes for this episode. 
Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Dr. Cleopatra, honey. How are you doing today, girl? So good. I love hearing your voice. So excited to be here with you. I am so excited. I'm so excited that we're going to continue our conversation around pregnancy, but actually we're going to step into the fourth trimester today and a trimester that a lot of women navigate or try to navigate with as much grace as possible. But we know there are a lot of factors. Not only do you have this new baby who's just trying to survive out in the world and everything is focused on him. Mama's trying to recover She's trying to make, you know, if if she's trying to breastfeed, she's trying to work that situation out. And just because you did it the first time or the second time doesn't mean it's just going to work out the third time or however many times. Every time is it's a whole new adventure. And then we've got a lot of we've got a plummeting of hormones that was keeping our hair luxurious, you know, and our and our mood good. And now all of that just went down the drain. (laughs) I don't know why, girl. That doesn't make any sense to me. (laughs) And so really the fourth trimester is that is that three months where women's bodies are changing dramatically. We don't even really feel necessarily at home in our bodies at this time. And we're trying to navigate it as much as we're trying to ensure that we're keeping this brand new baby alive. It's a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. Okay, so first of all, I have to say that this setup is one of the reasons why I love you so much. You are so real and you express reality with so much flavor and humor. And I love you so much. Oh, thank you, honey. Oh, that's just me freaking out about the fourth trimester. (laughs) Girl, I'm heading there. It's like a freight train (laughs) to the fourth trimester right now. Just chugga, 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 chugga. I'm not, I mean, I'm trying to get there, but I'm not trying to get there at the same time. (laughs) Okay, let's break it down. You are my literally fertility goddess. You're my super baby goddess. But this is a time where I feel like women are not really, we're just not taken care of as well as we could be taken care of. You know, it's so hard for us to take care of ourselves because we're so focused on trying to take care of that baby. Okay. So talk to me about what did I not uncover and how do we start to navigate this with or without the right type of support? Yes. Okay. So much here. So let's first break down something that you said, which is that this is a time in the fourth trimester when we don't, we aren't cared for as women as much as we could be. And I think that we could say that of both bookends of a pregnancy. So the trimester is really the beginning of the pregnancy, even before the first trimester. And the fourth trimester or the postpartum period is the end of a pregnancy. And it's almost like those two periods, especially the trimester, but also the fourth trimester are invisible to society. And in the fourth trimester, when society is recognizing it, they're really focused on the baby and the well-being and the growth of the baby, which obviously are so critical. And there's no way for a mom to be well in the fourth trimester if her baby isn't growing beautifully. And similarly, it's much easier for a baby to be growing beautifully and adjusting to being in the outside world when mama is doing awesome and feeling supported. And so the first thing that I want to say is to really pay attention to the kind of support that you have in your life and that you don't have in your life before you get to the fourth trimester so that you are not surprised. If you get really clear 
and take an inventory of the support that you do and don't have. And in the Primester Protocol, we actually do a support map for this very reason so that people can identify where they do and don't have support and then seek out the support that's missing from their support map. Mm. So first step first is really understanding and identifying support. And where do we really need support? One, I know that meals... Meals are important. Feeding mama is important, (laughs) especially if mama's breastfeeding. Super, super critical here. That is probably one of the hardest things. Like, Who wants to be cooking when they got to be up at three o'clock in the morning? You know, and so so that's one area. Another area, I mean, helping helping around the house and that because, you know, taking care of the baby is a full time job, full time job. And anybody who thinks that they're going to go and start working immediately just because they're home. I think that that is such a misconception. We know it in our language when we say someone's a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad or parent, and we think that that means that they're not really working, that they don't work. But actually, when you're at home, you are working nonstop. So if you're going to continue to try to work or for your company or run your business or whatever it is that you do, that's a really hard expectation that you're putting on yourself and probably setting yourself up to fail. So I just want to say that it is full-time work to take care of your baby and to take care of yourself in the fourth trimester. So give yourself the spaciousness of not having the expectation that you're going to send a bunch of thank you cards or you're going to catch up, you're going to stay on top of your email or deadlines or whatever it may be. If you have the luxury of doing that, obviously, Not everybody has the luxury of doing that. So when we talk about the kinds of support people need, I think that you touched on some really important things like having very practical, tangible support, like someone helping with meals, someone helping with keeping the house in order. There's a ton of laundry to do when you have a new baby. You change your baby many times a day. All of a sudden, you'll be like, how can someone so little produce so much laundry, doing dishes, all of that kind of stuff? This will be a time when it will be challenging at moments to carve out the time to brush your teeth, take a shower, let alone sleep. And when you haven't been able to do those things yet, you definitely don't want to be cleaning the house and trying to answer emails. That's for sure. Good to know. Absolutely. And I'm sure a lot of moms are like, yeah, I gave that up. There was, house wasn't getting cleaned. Yeah. <laughs> All those things went to the wayside. Maybe I showered that day. Who knows? Yes. <laughs> That's it's so true. That's so true. And I think when you say they gave that up, that's really important because if we were honest before they got to that point, then they would know not to expect them that of themselves in the first place. And then it would be a much easier, more graceful and, and less painful process as opposed to feeling like you should have done all these things. And finally, after a couple of weeks or a couple months of beating yourself up for not doing all of the things you believed you were going to do while you were at home and had all this time, you give up. So just being able to be real about what the experience is like so that people have more realistic expectations of what that period is going to be like. And I think that what's really important about this is to be real 
but not be doom and gloom because guess what? We hear two very polarizing or opposite ends of the spectrum messaging when it comes to being a mom and being a parent, especially a new mom, which is it either it's all peaches and all magic and unicorns or your life as you know it has or ended. Just and you're never- wait. Yeah, I exactly. Me, I cannot tell you, girl, how many times people are like, just wait. I was like, you can take that just wait and put it somewhere right. else. And that, that is not helpful. <laughs> That's not what I mean about painting a realistic picture. The reality is that having a new baby and being a mama, being a parent, is all of that. It is beautiful. It is the most meaningful and important thing we will ever do with our lives if we choose to do it or we get the the blessing of doing it. And it is also one of the most challenging things that we will ever do. And there are a lot of things that are not particularly glamorous about it. What you see on Instagram does not necessarily reflect reality. We don't all look like that after we've delivered a baby. Most of us look very swollen. We don't all have our bodies back to our pre-pregnancy weight and size when we're six weeks postpartum or even six months postpartum or maybe even six years postpartum. And I think that it's, it's important to remember those things. So let's be real and honest about our experiences, but we don't need that just wait because that is so not helpful. It's going to be beautiful, but you are going to have moments where you feel like you're not good enough, you feel like your partner's not doing enough, you feel like you don't have the help and support you need, you you wonder how you're going to get through another night of not getting enough sleep. And let's talk about sleep and let's talk about one of those forms of support. If you are somebody who knows that you cannot cope with anything less than eight hours of sleep, that you are prone to anxiety and depression and or depression or your brain just can't function or you get snappy or you just feel like you you can't even stay awake if you wanted to. Know that about yourself and seek out that type of support that will help to buffer you and your, your baby and your family from that because we all have to know what our limitations are. So I'm, I don't, have a particularly difficult time functioning without sleep. And so that wasn't a big issue for me, but there are a lot of women who know that they cannot cope with less than eight hours of sleep. And if that's the case, then a really good idea is to seek out a postpartum doula or a night nurse who can be there taking care of your baby overnight and allowing you to get a little bit more sleep than you would with a newborn otherwise. Now, if you're breastfeeding, there's still going to be the issue of maintaining your milk supply, which means that you still will need to wake up and pump milk or nurse your baby, but it's not the same thing as waking up with your baby all night long. Mm. Or even just having some type of partnership, you know, schedule. Maybe your husband stays up later or maybe he gets up a lot earlier or your partner, maybe your partner gets up earlier, whatever that looks like to kind of navigate how that's going to look. Um, and, you know, I know that things, times are definitely different. You know, we have partners that are working in tandem with uh, our, each other 
you know, it's not like it used to be where like husbands and partners were babysitting their kids. If you think about it, it's not babysitting no. when it's your own kid. No, it's not. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about some of the, the postpartum blues and the postpartum concerns, especially around our hormones. We know that progesterone and estrogen take a major dive, the biggest dive of our lives, honestly. Like it's not even like it's, it's, menopause is a gradual decline. Delivering a baby is a, it's literally off the cliff and women will never experience that level of hormonal, like kind of a hormonal crashing down as they will when they deliver the baby. And then we know that other things can happen. Thyroid can be off depending on what is going on. So how can we, how can we support our hormone levels or try to get back to some equilibrium. I know that it can take well, well up to three months or more to kind of get back to normality. Absolutely. It can take much longer than that, depending on a number of factors, including whether you're breastfeeding and if you're exclusively breastfeeding and for how long. And I, and we can talk a little bit more about breastfeeding, but when it comes to prevention of postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, and postpartum psychosis, which is less well known or not talked about as much, but is also a risk it's factor. It's real. And, like I've and, known multiple women who've had postpartum psychosis and doctors even who've had it as I thought it was very rare. And then all of a sudden I had friends who went through it. Mm-hmm. It's less, it's less common than postpartum depression and anxiety. People don't talk about the postpartum anxiety as much either, which is probably even more common. I was going to say, probably depression. guaranteed. Yes. <laughs> There's a saying that worry is the work of pregnancy and worry is really the work of parenting. And there's no time that you feel it more when you've just given birth because all of the hormonal changes that you're going through and how rapidly your body is changing leave you feeling very vulnerable. And then experiencing the kind of love that you will experience for this human being. And if you're a first time mom, this is the first time that you're ever experiencing this degree of love for something or something. Someone, even when you're madly in love with your partner, it's not the same. And experiencing that and loving something so much and it being small and dependent and and what you perceive to be fragile, their babies are not nearly as fragile most of the time as we as we perceive them to be. They're super strong and resilient for the most part. But that combination of factors leaves you feeling very vulnerable. And that vulnerability just fuels the tendency toward anxiety that women can have, that women who are new moms can be prone to. So I just want to normalize that experience. It's not that you're going crazy or that there's something wrong with you. It's very normal to be a little bit on edge, a little bit fearful, a little bit anxious when you have a new baby. But if it is debilitating, if it's interfering with your functioning, if it's leading you to feel like you might hurt yourself or your baby, or it's just distressing enough, then that is absolutely something that you want to seek out help for. Don't wait for too long. 
a really interesting story is that I have a mama who has now a 14 month old baby who she, she, we helped her to have, and she had difficulty getting pregnant. She had one miscarriage after the other, and then for years couldn't get pregnant and, and tried IVF multiple times, was told she would never have a biological child. And again, and she had one child already and that she needed to use an egg donor. And she came to me and from our first conversation, I could see that she was still suffering from postpartum depression from her first baby. This is now three years later. When we worked on that, she got pregnant and they said it would never, it was not even humanly possible for her to get pregnant again. And she went on to have a perfect baby. And so it, it is not the case that postpartum depression has to happen immediately and it, it can go on and it can be painful but acceptably painful enough that you endure it and think that this is just part of your new life stage. And I don't, I, I don't want anyone listening to allow that to happen to themselves. So if you're feeling off, I want you to make sure that you, you seek help and you get the help that you need. From a scientific perspective, what we know is that there, that the rate of postpartum depression which is the thing that is most commonly studied or most well studied has gone up exponentially. And we believe that there are a number of factors related to modern life that have contributed to that. So number one, that saying it takes a village, it comes from somewhere. It is real. We need a village surrounding us, supporting us as parents, especially new parents, but throughout the parenting life cycle. And we need a village supporting us as we raise our children. And so the the way we live in modern life is that we are much more isolated, even if we feel really connected because we live in a big city that's densely populated and there are constantly people around us, or we feel really connected because we're on social media and we have constant social connection, whereas in the past we didn't. The depth of the social connection and the depth of the support is lacking in the lives that we lead today. We are often away from family. We don't live in multi-generational households, which in, in other ways can be a really good thing that we don't aren't living in multi-generational households. But when it comes to being a new parent and raising children, that can be more of a risk factor because you don't have the same level of support and you don't necessarily have the same level of trust in the people who are supporting you. As complicated as your relationship could be with your mom or your dad or your other relative, for example, you probably really trust your baby with them as opposed to a, someone you're paying to help you or whatever. So that's one thing. There's also the reality of the way that we eat in modern life that has strongly contributed to postpartum depression being on the rise and postpartum anxiety and psychosis as well. One part of that is the ratio of omega sixes to omega threes in the standard Western diet and how we have much more omega sixes as compared to omega threes in our diets. And we know that supplementation of omega threes can be helped to prevent postpartum depression. 
Mm, so true. Yes. I know that food plays a big role. A lack of support plays a big role. And I know that this pandemic isn't doing us a lot of favors either. You know, we were definitely much more isolated than ever before. I think the one positive that could be the case is if your partner is home with you, where they may not have been home with you. I've had friends who have had partners that have been home since they had babies in June and we're so grateful. But then again, mother circles, not really able to do that unless it was over Zoom. You know, those are, those are a lot of things that have really shifted for us. Let's talk more about food. Let's talk, because let's say, and I know that in some instances, potentially natural progesterone has been recommended to some women if they feel like that progesterone crash actually, like real, I mean, clearly we know what happens, but if you're really struggling a topical natural estrogen could absolutely be very helpful, but other supplementation can be really helpful as well to help support not only our neurotransmitters, but I mean, I would say that, you know, we already know that women are depleted. And I would say a woman in fourth trimester is probably definitely depleted. She's not sleeping very well. She's She's got a lot going on. If you're, if you're breastfeeding, you're you just, all your nutrients is just going right through to the baby. And so- Let's talk a little bit about not only nutrition, but also supplementation for mama to keep her to keep her on that healthier side, especially the mental well-being. Yes, absolutely. So you made a really good point. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about the hormonal profile that's happening in the fourth trimester and tie that into food and supplementation. So we know that estrogen and progesterone are dropping so precipitously. And you can think of the same kinds of things that we talk about for helping to regulate a cycle or maybe even support fertility in terms of seed cycling. So we know that flax seeds and pumpkin seeds are sources of natural estrogens and then Sesame and sunflower seeds support progesterone levels. So those would be good things to incorporate in your diet immediately following giving birth and throughout the fourth trimester and even beyond. So what people don't know is that when you give birth and you're either you're nursing or you still have milk supply because it takes about six weeks for milk supply to dry up if you choose not to, to nurse your baby, is that you are semi-menopausal. You are in a semi-menopausal state. So your fertility hormones tend to be very low. That includes your estrogen and your progesterone. And then your prolactin is very high. That's the hormone that helps you to produce the milk in the first place. And so one of the things that can happen is that if you are feeling like you're, you're depressed, you're anxious, you may benefit from having some bioidentical progesterone supplementation. You just, if you want to be able to nurse your baby and to have a plentiful milk supply exclusively nurse your baby, then you just have to be mindful of how these fertility hormones do impact your milk supply. For some people, it will be inconsequential. I have a milk supply that will not quit. My baby is two years old. I don't haven't nursed him in a, in eight months or more. I still have milk. Some people are like that. Other people's milk supply is so sensitive and finicky that any little shift can create dips in milk supply. 
which if you really want to nurse your baby exclusively can feel very stressful and even kind of catastrophic in those moments. So I just want to I just want to mention that caution that anytime you incorporate some bioidenticals or natural sources of hormones that you want to, to know that it has the potential to impact that balance that can affect your milk production doesn't mean it will just pay attention to it. So that's, that's number one. You also mentioned that the thyroid and that's really important. So we want to really be feeding and nourishing the thyroid in the fourth trimester because pregnancy and giving birth can easily impact the thyroid. It happens for many people. They might see themselves become hyperthyroid or for most people, they become hypo. So that's one of the reasons why you want to be looking closely at your thyroid during pregnancy and also after you give birth. So be sure to go in, have some blood work, have a full thyroid panel, see what's happening with your thyroid if you're feeling strange in any way, or even just as part of your, your routine postpartum care because you you want to you want to be catching that if something is starting to shift. So things that we know are really beneficial for feeding and nourishing the thyroid are micronutrients such as zinc, selenium, and vitamin A, for example. Also you want to be looking at your iron levels as well. Yeah. I agree 100%. And I loved you talking about the omegas. I think B vitamins are going to be critical. B vitamins are huge for postpartum depression, magnesium, especially for anxiety and magnesium glycine in particular, because glycine is also very, very calming, especially taken at night. Those are some recommendations. And yeah, I mean, you start the the thing about low thyroid or, or thyroid dysfunction is that it looks a lot like just postpartum, you know? Um, but if you start to see hair loss, you start to, you know, clearly we all, that's brain fog is a guarantee during that fourth <laughs> trimester. So that's really difficult to be like, oh, maybe it's my thyroid. No, I'm not sleeping. Or constipation or gut issues, like any of those types of things. Or 20, weight or weight issues, right? <laughs> yeah, weight issues. Yeah. 25, almost 25%, I think, of women have some type of thyroid abnormality coming out of their, you know, in the fourth trimester. And sometimes it doesn't really rear its head until like after the three month mark where women are like, now my hair's falling out. Now I'm starting to see all these symptoms. That's always the kind of the, the flag to go and look at and see if it's your thyroid. Whereas your doctor is kind of just going to tell you that like getting older is normal, you know, that this is just a normal part of, um, of postpartum. So just a heads up to just cue those things up because we know that the thyroid also can contribute to postpartum depression and anxiety. So just some things there. Absolutely. And the lack of sleep also is, is fueling all of this. There's the big shift in hormones, lack of sleep, more worry. Your life has really changed. You're, you also want to be paying attention to your gut health. And I, and I would just say as a PSA, you know, make sure that you're using the bathroom, having a bowel movement as soon after giving birth as humanly possible to prevent all kinds of pain painful things happening in the future. So be prepared for those things and don't wait for the hospital to give you a stool softener in order to adjust to what's happening in your body. Be prepared for those things and and plan accordingly, just like planning for the support. 
putting in place an appointment for your blood work for after you give birth is a really good idea, something that you can do before you go into labor so that that's already there. It's already in your calendar and you can prevent a lot of things when you, when you just do a tiny bit of planning in advance. And the other thing that I think we don't talk about enough is that when you have a new baby because of the lack of sleep and lack of bandwidth because you're learning all kinds of new things about taking care of them. It's hard to learn new pieces of information about taking care of yourself. It's hard to do planning at that time. So as much as possible, get this information and get this planning in place during your pregnancy and don't rely on the fact that it's going to be easy for you to do that during the fourth trimester because it's actually going to be more challenging. In the fourth trimester, it's like you're in this incredible love cocoon. And if you're so fortunate, if you're somebody who doesn't have to go back to work two weeks after giving birth, which I, I, I wish for every woman in the world, and you are, you're in this love cocoon, there's just a lot of sitting and feeding and cuddling and dozing off and, and eating just like super basic human needs for you and the baby are, are what you're focused on. You don't, you don't have to get your workouts in as soon as the doctor clears you for exercise. You don't have to start having sex as soon as the doctor clears you for sex. At six weeks, the doctor might say you're healed and you're ready for sex. And you might be like, oh my God, do not come near my body right now. And it is not a failure on your part. It is not something wrong with you. Your body, you just grew and birthed a human and your body is healing and your body is changing rapidly and your life has changed rapidly and you're sleep deprived and you may not want to be touched. At least you may not want to have intercourse. And that's absolutely okay. Absolutely. Well, I mean, let's just talk about that six week visit, you know, <laughs> that, that only six week visit and then off you go. It's embarrassing that that's it. You know, you, how many visits do we have leading up to the birth of this baby? And then and then one six-week visit and ta-ta, go off and do you. It feels so inappropriate on so many levels. Um, <laughs> that's where I'm at with that. Well, I, I want to say that I feel like the, the, all the clearance that happens in the six-week visit is a very masculine capitalist approach. I'm sure that's going to sound controversial and some No, I think every woman who's in that 6-week visit is just like given the side eye to that doctor. I I feel like there's a knowing. <laughs> exactly. Well, you and tell me after six, just 6 weeks, I'm barely getting by over here that I'm cleared for everything, but cleared to go become like mega superwoman, you know, cleared to go start doing my womanly obligations. Like, what is this? You're like, I'm sorry. No. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I feel, I really feel that way. And I love my OB. He's amazing, but he's male. He has never given birth. No, he hasn't. The, the majority of OBs still are 
mail to this day in 2020. And I do think that if they were, if they had the experience of giving birth, they might be a little bit less conclusive that you're cleared for exercise, your full exercise regimen. And Full first duties, and get yeah, back to it. You're all good. And, you know, I think that that message can be so harmful. And so that's why I brought it up. Like if you're cleared and you don't feel like you can exercise yet, that you can have sex yet, that you can go back to work yet, then I really, really hope that you're able to not do those things until you want to do them. Now, that being said, I highly recommend making yourself put your clothes on and get up and go outside for a walk with your baby in the stroller or holding your baby, wearing your baby in a carrier, because that is actually something that is going to work wonders for you and your baby. It is an incredible tool for preventing postpartum depression and anxiety, moving moderately, gently, and getting outside, getting some sunshine on your skin, or even if it's not warm or sunny outside, getting some fresh air is also really soothing for your baby. So I do recommend, even if you feel like you don't want to do it, to have that be part of your day-to-day life in the fourth trimester to just get up and go outside for a walk. I agree. And I mean, if, if it's even possible, you just have a couple hours to yourself in those weeks. That's when I, one of my best friends always used to tell me, she's like, you know, you no matter what, just have your own moment. Whether it's like, I don't, she's like, I don't care if you're going to Target. I don't care if you're going to go grab a latte or whatever. Going to the bathroom by yourself. You know, even that, taking a long shower, my hair takes a long time to wash and I have three super babies. And I just remember that it was hard to find the time to have enough time to be able to wash my hair because I need at least an hour and a half to do it. And what I think is really important, my second and third postpartum periods or the fourth trimester with my second and third babies, I should say, more clearly were much easier because we already had a nanny. We already had the structure, the infrastructure for taking care of children with the first baby. It's much harder. And one of the things that you can do in mapping out your support is include having some paid childcare, even in those first weeks and months when you think you're going to want to be with your baby all the time, because more than likely you're going to be around the house, but at least you can take a nap. You can take a long shower, read, or you can talk to a friend. If you need to talk to somebody, you could have like a little date, even in the house with your partner, if you have a partner. And I think that it's really valuable to get that in place in advance as opposed to waiting until the baby's already there to then start looking for a nanny or a babysitter once you are preparing to go back to work. I think it's much more stressful to do that. And why not give yourself the ability to do that if you're able to? Mm, I absolutely agree. Dr. Cleopatra, honey, you have given us so much to consider today especially as we are navigating, you know, wherever we're at in our pregnancy journey and getting prepared, especially with these unprecedented times. 
you know, I think the more that we have these conversations, the more that it just opens the door for possibility for women to really set ourselves up for success. And, and every single one of us deserves that. Where can we get more of you, my dear? Please come visit me at the Fertility and Pregnancy Institute website. That's fertilitypregnancy.org. We have so many incredible resources for the trimester for fertility and also for pregnancy and postpartum and beyond. And I would like to leave our mamas with just one last nugget that nobody tells you about, which is in order to ensure that your milk supply is plentiful, one thing that you can do is breastfeed your newborn every hour on the hour for the first 72 hours. It's a lot of work initially, but pays off in dividends in terms of the amount of colostrum, which is like baby superfood that your newborn is getting in those first three days. And then also sets you up to have an incredible milk supply. Everyone can use this except for in the case of a baby who's born early, who's born low birth weight, which is anything under five pounds, eight ounces, or who's born with any difficult, any type of health problem or difficulty regulating body temperature, because that takes a lot of energy as does nursing. So if your if your baby's still figuring out blood temperature or uh, body temperature regulation, don't do that. But otherwise that is something that you can do that will pay off for you and your baby tremendously. Thank you so much for that little tip. I know we were trying to get to breastfeeding today, but I know the whole the whole conversation around postpartum is so, so critical as well. So I yeah, appreciate that. You're so welcome. So happy to be here with you again. Thanks, honey. This was such a powerful episode for me because as I mentioned before, in just a few weeks, I will be navigating the fourth trimester with our little baby for the first time. And again, as I mentioned earlier, no matter how many courses I've taken, no matter how many conversations I've had, no matter how much advice I've been given, how many books I've read, and I'm gonna tell you, I am a researcher by trade. I've been preparing for this for many, many, many months. I know that I'm gonna be filled with moments of extreme uncertainty, exhaustion, bliss, and navigating not only my new body and my new role, probably the most important role to date, but trying to do this while maintaining my sanity and my ability to function. Now, if there is someone in your life who is in their fourth trimester or they're pregnant, heading towards that fourth trimester, I guess if you're pregnant, you're definitely always heading there, or even trying to get pregnant, I would love for you to share this episode with them. It's these type of conversations that we've got to be having so that women are feeling more confident and more comfortable navigating these these big stages in our life, especially when it comes to motherhood. And I know that everyone's going to want to connect with Dr. Cleopatra. Now, as Dr. Cleopatra mentioned, she is offering her fertility checklist in the show notes for this episode. You can find them. It's episode 247. So if somebody is looking to get pregnant or has been struggling to get pregnant, this fertility checklist is a great place to start. And I want to say thank you so much for listening in today. I hope that this episode shined some light on how to navigate this important and sacred journey into motherhood and beyond. Now, on Friday's episode coming up, I am going to be sharing the 
most important part of hormones and why we should be focusing on what is going on when it comes to the connection between sugar consumption and our hormones. Now, I did an episode not too long ago on what is the number one hormone to be focusing on 40 and older, and that hormone is not estrogen and progesterone, it is insulin. And so I wanted to start really connecting the dots between our sugar consumption, our processed carb consumption, and what that is doing to our reproductive health, our hormone health, or even our metabolic health. And so in this particular episode, I am going to break it down all the way down so that if you had any questions around the connection between what you eat and how it affects your hormones, I am going to shore that up for you. So I hope you have a chance to listen to this new episode coming up. Until then, have an amazing rest of your week. 